With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Go. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Stuart Crawford coming to you from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And this is Small Business IT Radio on blogtalkradio.com. Blogtalkradio.com is an excellent website for those people that are interested in podcasting and want to just start off and start doing their own show. It's that easy. You can sign up for a free account and start broadcasting on the Internet tomorrow. That's how easy it is. We have a special Small Business IT Radio show today, kind of a little bit out of our normal schedule. And the reason for that is because... We've all been busy. We had SMB Nation a couple weeks ago, ConnectWise Partner uh, Conference a couple weeks back, and the Canadian Thanksgiving last weekend. So we have lots of things in the calendar. No time to get on the air here and uh, and get a show on. So we kind of put the schedule, kind of turned it upside down, and thought we'd do one today. So I'm joined with a very good friend of mine and uh, somebody that I look up to in the world of IT sales and how to deal with clients and customers and how to just forge ahead and create that awesome relationship. And our show today is people-based selling. And what is it? How do you do it? And I thought I'd bring on the expert in the field, that I, at least an expert in my eyes. Anyways, Jody Hicks is uh, one of the sales account managers from Heartland Technology Solutions. Jody, I think it is? That is correct. See, I, I'm still struggling with it. Heartland Technology Services, Heartland Technology Groups. There's lots of Heartland stuff out there, so... Heartland Technology Services is a IT firm uh, spanned over seven states in the Midwest of the U.S., and Jody works out of the Ames, Iowa office. And I first got to meet Jody through our Heartland Technology Groups uh, peer group, HG3, uh, about a year or so ago, and uh, we've been uh, communicating ever since, keeping in touch and bouncing ideas off each other. So, Jody, welcome to Small Business IT Radio uh, today. It's a real honor to have you on. Oh, well, thank you, Stuart, and it's, a, it's an honor to be here with you, uh, someone I also look up to, and, and like you said, somebody uh, with my, uh, a like mindshare that uh, bounced a lot of great ideas and, and helped me brainstorm a lot, of, uh, a lot of new directions to go. Well, it's all about, uh, about sharing. We've seen that in our peer groups, Jody. It's, we can't possibly do it all ourselves, and we can share, send things to each other, and somebody has a different perspective. Although you have a, a perspective on uh, football, I could take that and put it into hockey so our culture understands it. it it's, it's all good, right? Exactly. It, exactly. It, it's, as long as it's sports-related, that's, uh, that's the, the common ground there. Well, sports and golf. Well, there we go. There and, we go. Uh, everything surrounds golf, doesn't it? It's the most productive uh, yeah. place to work. Exactly. Well, it's, it's true that most of our business dealings are done while we're entertaining clients on the golf course. But that's a topic for a total other show. <laughs> we can have a whole show on just how to have business on the golf course and do it effectively, I think. I, I, I would firmly agree with you on that. And we can invite some of our friends in Minnesota out there to join on that panel. That would be an interesting <laughs> conversation. And Steve from Canvas, or Kansas as well. So Lots of great guys, and we can have a great panel on that one. Let's get down to, uh, to the show today. We've got a listenership out there all over the small business IT uh, world. Expanding the whole globe, Jody, for the 
the world is your stage today. Let's talk about people-based selling. And First of all, before we dig into that, I want to remind everybody listening today that you can dial in live and ask Jody a question just by dialing in at 646-716-8372. Again, that number is 646-716-8372. And uh, we'll be more than happy to get you on the call and uh, field some of your questions. So, Jody, let's uh, let's start at the beginning. Where, how did you get into this business? Well, uh, it's been approximately ten years ago that I got into technology, and and I was lucky enough to to kind of hook up with uh, with a mentor of mine and and somebody that I think is still very forward looking and and uh, really uh, has the pulse of the the industry out there. And Arlen Sorensen, and approximately ten years ago, he hired me as a as a technician, and uh, one thing led to another, and an emergency room uh, visit later after a, a little mishap, I became his, one of his first salespeople. And uh, the one thing that Arlen has always based his, uh, his company on is uh, building the relationship first and foremost. And, and when you do that, the sales will follow, and, and you'll have a successful company. But, and especially being based out of uh, the smaller locations that HTS has, uh, most of our, our uh, company uh, Offices that are usually in the range of five to ten thousand people. Now we do have some locations now in larger, larger metro areas. But in the in the beginning, it was it was basically based around those size of towns. And and in those size of towns, you know, if you if you don't treat one of your customers right, it's the old adage that you know they won't tell you, but they'll tell seven of their closest friends, and it kind of a, kind of becomes a snowball process away from you. And so using that mentality, we, we always made sure that we treated the customer right the way we wanted to be treated. And, and based on that mentality, we were able to, to create quite a, quite a sales growth uh, within our company. And, and from there, we, 10 years later, you know, we've, we've grown to 80-plus employees in, in seven locations. But back in the good old days, we just had one location with a couple of, you know, sharing of offices and little towns here and there and, and doing the best we could to service our clients that way. Well, let's go back to the beginning because you mentioned you were a tech, and I was a tech as well at one time. And not to, uh, you know, upset any of the technical folks that are listening to our call today because we, we need you guys out there, and we are very honored to have a lot of you guys out there that love the technology. I had, a awaken, I had an awakening three and a half years ago that I really didn't like the technology anymore. And your story is a little different than mine, Jody, but we realized the importance of having – Somebody out there can understand understand the technology uh, as well as get out there in front of the, the clients and the customers and really show them the value that this brings. Because sometimes, you know, for a technology-focused company, we could get lost just in, you know, the technology or the gadgets or the widgets or the coolest thing that may not serve the client's uh, business effectively. Or on the, other, on the shoe on the other foot, it could be that uh, they're missing opportunities because of uh, – maybe not adopting the newest uh, solutions that are out there. Um, you mentioned that you had a, a bit of a mishap and that uh, got you into the sales side. But were you always a, a salesperson, even when you were doing technical work, Jody? I think if you really look, everybody is a salesperson all the time. It, it, now, your skill set may be a little bit different. I, I might be a little different in my sales than the way my engineers do it, but I believe, and, and I, I'll tell people, some of my best, greatest sales come from my engineers because if if I don't have the relationship, I'm sure one of my engineers has a relationship with a client, depending upon how long they've been a client and, and how long the engineer has been with me. So I do try to, to educate our engineers 
at least the ones I personally work with, on, on how to be a little more relatable. Sometimes the engineers, like you were saying, they get so excited about all the new technologies, and, and a lot of them are wonderful, and, and the engineers only see how they could help the company and how and, and someone would really be dumb not to, not to use that new technologies. But sometimes you have politics and budgets and, and other things that you have to take into consideration. And for the typical engineer, at least that I work with, those are just speed bumps, and they, and they try to run over those as fast as they can to get that new technology in. And I, I try to help the engineer slow down and hear the whole picture from the, from the client. Because one of the things I try to do is get my arms completely around the client's business, the politics, the, the org chart, everything that's going on, because every one of those pieces adds up to why they make the decision that they do. And maybe they don't make that decision today to go with the technologies that we're, we're re requiring or recommending for them. But maybe in six months they, they will have a better budget or maybe somebody has left, and then they will come back to us and say, okay, now we're ready to talk about that. And, and I'm very big on never burning a bridge because you never know when they're going to need you again. And if you burned a bridge, they'll go to your competitor very easily. And, and that could be anybody from a CDW to the solution provider down the street. And it's becoming more and more easier for people to find your competitors. And so you want to build that relationship and never burn that bridge and, and just try to be an educated friend that they call when they have questions. Well, I have, a, I have a question here for you on the whole competition factor. I mean, we're starting to see, you mentioned CDW, we're starting to see uh, Dell starting to take, come into the space. Uh, it could be the competitor just down the street from you. Uh, I, I firmly believe that your clients will n never look at the competitor if you have that strong relationship with them. You can make all the mistakes in the world, but if you have that relationship and you can take care of those mistakes and, all that stuff, the client really doesn't go looking anywhere. It's when you fail to look after those uh, FUPAs and those errors. And, mm -hmm. You know, we're human. We make mistakes. And I made mistakes on quotes. And our engineers have made mistakes technically. And it's when you fail to react to those mistakes or you kind of brush it on the carpet, that's when the relationship starts to deteriorate. Uh, I mean, Jody, you, get, you're, you in the U.S., we're in Canada. We're starting to see some of the big box stores starting to enter into the small business space. I think in my opinion, that these guys are going to get this relationship thing eventually. Do you see that in your market, that these big box stores are going to start getting that relationship aspect of how to do business in the small business space? I think you're seeing some of that now with some of the partnerships that are, that are growing out of the big boxes, uh, you know, with uh, Best Buy, with their, with their agreement that they're working with uh, Ingram Micro right now, and, and some of the other ones that you're seeing starting to blossom out there. But I, I completely agree with you, Stuart, that if you have that relationship, your client shouldn't be going anywhere else. And now that relationship never means that you've never made a mistake, like you were saying. Everybody makes a mistake. But I think the thing that I strive to do is to communicate with the, with the client and tell them exactly what's going on as often as possible and keeping them up to date. Usually people don't want to contact a client with, with bad news or when something wrong has happened. But, you know, usually if you run that... Uh, run that through your head, it, it comes up with a far worse case scenario than whatever happens with the client. And you really need to be up front and, and, and you know, take, take the tongue lashing or, or the, the, uh, the yelling that the client's going to do. Take it, and usually you can, you can strengthen the relationship out of those if by chance you do lose your client because of one of those. At least you tried your best, you were up front, you were honest, and you communicated with them. 
And you know what? We've seen a couple of times where the client has left, and, and six months to a year later they come back and say, you know what, uh, the other people weren't even telling us when things were going wrong. At least you guys made us aware that you were working on it and what steps you were going through. And, and we've learned to appreciate that, and we want to come back. Well, it gets back to the old thing you mentioned, that don't uh, burn any bridges out there. No. No, it's, it's really difficult, and sometimes, and, you know, as a salesperson and as the engineers out there, we all have egos. We, uh, you know, and if you've been in the IT industry, I've been in there for a little over 10 years, and you think you know a lot, but sometimes you need to check that at the door and, and really sit down and, and sit on the same side of the table as the clients and understand where they're coming from and, and uh, you know, take the tongue lashing every once in a while and, and just grow out of that and know, you know what, um, Hopefully we can grow a relationship out of this. If not, at least when I part company, I know I can sleep with myself at night because I didn't try and, you know, cheat you or I wasn't honest with you. Exactly. Uh, this is Stuart Crawford in conversation with Jody Hicks from Heartland Technology Solutions, and we're talking about people-based selling and what is that and what, why is it important. Jody, you mentioned uh, a couple things there that really uh, tweaked my interest there. One was, uh, of course, we talked about don't burn any bridges, and the other one was putting yourself in the client's shoes. Uh, to me, that's the first thing I always do, no matter what the situation is I'm going into in the sales opportunity. Even if I don't even know the client, I try to put myself in their shoes. And being a small business, and you mentioned earlier that sometimes, hey, they don't have the cash flow, they don't have the resources to go and put that $100,000 solution as some of our engineers would love to see. I mean, I've done deals where the engineers are adamant that it had to be this certain spec of the server, but, you know, I put the, put the server $20,000 over budget. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, you know, I think that's what separates the good salespeople, the good engineers from the ones that struggle is they fail to put themselves in the client's shoes. Is there anything that you can speak on about that and what maybe you do to put yourself into the client's shoes? Well, you know, being as diverse as HTS is, we, we do have a lot of white papers that we've written for, like Microsoft and HP, and we draw upon those, and, and we also uh, write papers for um, the technical people from Microsoft and HP so they know what we're doing, kind of touting our skill sets. We call them wind wires. And so I, I review when I'm going into a new client, I review those and see in that vertical market if it's education, financial, healthcare, what, what have we done in the past? And I, I try and research a little bit more into the vertical market, uh, you know, uh, using our friend Google and and just and, and drawing upon some of the the information that I can find there to to kind of fill my toolbox with with ideas of what that industry is going through right now. Uh, what are they, you know, what sort of uh, uh, regulations are coming down? What 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 are they concerned about? And it, it's difficult. I mean, it, it, because being in the IT industry. We jump from idea to idea, from technology to technology, and, and sometimes, and, and I'm trying to teach myself this daily still, you just need to sit down, close the door, shut the phone off, and, and do some in-depth researching like they taught us to do back in college so that when we sit in front of the client, we're, we're at least aware of what's going on in their mind. And again, drawing upon your, your, uh, your base of clients, you can contact some of your clients, or if you're trying to get into a vertical that you're not currently in, uh, you've mentioned, Stuart, the peer groups that uh, we're involved in, calling up some of your, your friends in the peer groups and saying, hey, do you work in this vertical? You know, What are you currently seeing in your, in your market that, uh, that's kind of on the radar screen for them? Exactly. And that's, uh, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff there, Jody, especially on understanding the, the needs of the client. 
Now, let's let's put another scenario in front of you here. Is that we've got uh, we've got a new small business. Let's say they're uh, in your market. Let's say they're an agricultural supply store. Probably you know twelve to fifteen folks work in there. They come to you and say, you know, Jody, we need uh, we need some technology here. Here's our budget. We got fifteen thousand dollars to spend on this whole package. But you know what? We need to be able to compete globally. We need to be able to offer our customers a place where they can go and do business with us with ease. And you know what? We're hearing this all the time: is downtime is not an option. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that normal process look like for you when you go into a, a situation like that, and you have to, uh, you know, re, you know, knowing that maybe that fifteen thousand dollar budget is more like, uh, you know, to accomplish everything you want here, maybe thirty or forty thousand dollars. How can how could you work that relationship and understand what the people needs are, in order to uh, first of all you know get the solution that they want and perhaps uh, you know maybe that fifteen thousand dollar budget is not doable for them. Well, some of the tools that we bring in when I'm going, especially into a new client, is the first thing I do is the uh, Microsoft Small Business Assessment Kit. Um, I pull that out and go through. And really what I'm looking for there is what are the priorities of the business? What are their top priorities and what are things that they think they need but uh, they're not sure where they sit on that list? Because sometimes what they think is their A1 priority, when you really sit down and hear what their real business goals are, not their technology goals, but their business goals, what they thought their A1 technology uh, priority should be is not their A1 technology. It, it may come down to a B1. So I sit down and I do an assessment going through that. And then from there, I sit down and create a scope of work with one of my engineers. And, and then we start plugging numbers in. And, and like you said, when, when finances comes into, uh, into play, uh, one of the directions that we've gone quite a bit lately is with the Microsoft financing because uh, they, they're very creative in, in ways that they can get product and, and solutions in front of my clients at, at – uh, that my clients would not be able to afford otherwise, even if they went to a, a more standard lender like a bank or, or something along those lines. Microsoft Financing has been a great partner for us and, and have opened up a lot of doors for, for ourselves and, and for our clients. And so let's, let's uh, remember those two things, financing and the technology assessment toolkit. We'll come back to those because, you know, us, be, us sales guys, we have an attention span that's very short. <laughs> and uh, I think between the two of us, we can re- remember to uh, talk about it. So let's just talk about the, the, the technology assessment tool, because you brought that up first. Where can we find that? If we're a small business partner, where can we find that? That is on the, uh, the Microsoft website, and I uh, don't have that link right in front of me, but I'd be able to get that to you so we can post that out there. Um, sure. It is, it is a, a, a downloaded tool that... Uh, I believe they're revising it, so it might need to run on the web. The, the version that I have uh, actually sits on the hard drive. But there are, oh, I don't know, 12 to 15 different assessments that are standard templates. And then you can go in and customize those, uh, maybe adding questions that, uh, because of the vertical that they're in, uh, like you were saying, agriculture. Maybe, maybe I need to bring in GPS technologies and, and things along that line that maybe Microsoft didn't preset in some of their assessments. So I can pull in some questions that are more sta- more more uh, specific for the client that I'm going to talk to, and then from there uh, I sit down. Usually I, I try and block an hour with the with whomever I'm meeting with. If it's the head of technology, if it's the CEO, and, and each one of those would get a different assessment than um, 
because of their knowledge base and, and their their priority sets. Usually I try and get in front of the, the highest level of the executive team that I can. And in the SMB marketplace, usually that's the CIO, CEO, COO, C, whatever else, because it's the same person. It's the owner of the small business. And uh, sitting down in front of them and going through this assessment. And, you know, at first they think, oh, you know, I don't really need to answer these questions. But it does take some hand-holding. And I explain what each question really means. What are we looking for? Why, why am I asking these? I'm not just asking these to take up your time. I'm really trying to create a solution set that the best is for them because anymore, you know, one size doesn't fit all and the cookie-cutter approach does not work. Well, you're really putting yourself into their, you know, putting yourself into their shoes and understanding their business, which is what people selling is all about, is understanding the business of our clients, not just going and say, you need a small business server and here's why. I think that's uh, I think that's the reasoning why the technology assessment toolkit. Yeah, and if you go into Microsoft.com and do a search, I'm sure you can find it there uh, on their website. Or uh, uh, kind of let the cat out of the bag here, but if you sign up on SmallBusinessITRadio.com for our alerts when new shows are added, we'll make sure you get a list of the top five uh, people-based selling uh, tips for your uh, small business uh, email out to you. So go to SmallBusinessITRadio.com. On the top right of the page, I do believe, somewhere in the right side and near the top, there's a place to sign up for our alerts and announcements. Sign up there, and we'll make sure you get a copy of the five uh, people-based selling tips from that Jody and I can comply, uh, put together here for you, and we'll make sure we email those out to you. Jody, the other thing you mentioned was Microsoft financing. We first got wind of this, I think, uh, back about a year ago. We were in Omaha. We were having a little bit of a roundtable meeting, uh, one of our peer groups, and the fine folks from Microsoft financing came out and talked to us. A year has passed. A lot of deals have been uh, closed because of Microsoft financing. Explain to me how HTS uses that as a competitive advantage over, say, the other IT providers in the uh, in the Midwest. Well, really, Microsoft financing, like I said, is is very aggressive in in what they're able to do. First of all, it, again, the, they're able to do a lot of things that regular financial institutions can't do. Second of all, their, their turnaround time for approval is incredible. Usually within 24 to 48 hours, I, I know if, they, if the end user is able to use the leasing uh, through Microsoft Financing. Um, so we've gone to standardize putting it on most of the quotes that are going out, especially to new clients. We put that option on there because it's one of those things, like you said, first of all, Stuart, we're salespeople and our, uh, we have very short attention spans. And, and having that listed on our, on our quotes, brings that topic up to discuss. Even if the client doesn't think they're interested when you're discussing it at that point, it is something that, you know, maybe 25% of the time we come back to and revisit and say, you know, maybe we should look at doing this, or maybe if you go this direction, look at the other solutions that we can roll out also and get you to where you wanted to go to begin with, but your budget was not allowing you to get there. And so it really has given us a leg up in, in uh, a lot of, a lot of our marketplaces, because we're approximately the only person in most of our marketplaces that are able to bring Microsoft financing to the table with us. Well, if we look back at our example there, we had that agriculture-based business wanting that $15,000 solution. We sit down with the engineers, we do all the scope work, and we find out you know, they really need a thirty dollars to $45,000 solution. Now, if you take that $15,000 solution, maybe throw three years of managed services in there, 
you now have that $45,000 solution. I mean, not to break all the numbers right out, but you know, you could do spread that over a three-year period, and the clients got their $15,000 per year IT budget, which sometimes to a small business is a lot easier pill to swallow than outlying 45 grand right off the bat because of cash flow, or whatever. You know, they got to pay their employees, and Joe, this is where understanding their business and putting yourself in their shoes. You can sit down and have a, a business discussion with the client now and say, you know, Mr. Client, we're a small business too. We understand the importance of cash flow. You've got to pay your bills. You've got to pay your employees. And you don't have, a, you don't have the fat $45,000 to drop on the table for your technology. But you know what? You need it. And here's some creative ways we can help finance that. And I think most clients, even if it's Microsoft financing or leasing, would look at that and say, yeah, you know what? Thanks for taking care of us. Look into that and taking care of us because, hey, the competitor that you're competing against never even offered that to us. You really uh, take that next step on really building that relationship and becoming that trusted IT per, uh, solution provider to them. That's the it, next step, Jody, becoming that trusted IT uh, solution provider. The deal's done. Everything's in. What does Jody do now to enhance the relationship with your clients? Well, again, I think the biggest thing is no matter the size of the client, and, and not to get too much into sales jargon and, and such, but I sit down and I prioritize my, my clients as an A, B, or C, depending on the size of the client, um, budgets, and, and, and a whole list of other things, and, and how we can help them. And I, I put them on, for better term of a word, a, a tickler list as to how often I'm going to ping them. Pinging could be calling, stopping by, um, emailing, uh, any sort of a customer touch. And we use ConnectWise, and so through ConnectWise, I'm able to keep track of all of that uh, on a daily basis, always going back. I use ConnectWise in my life almost as much as Outlook, just keeping on top of, of what's going on with my clients and, and what, what sort of a touch that I need with them at this point. And I think the longer you work with a client, you, you kind of learn to understand how they like to be communicated with, Maybe meeting with them one every six months is plenty, while some clients want to meet on a monthly basis. And so staying on top of that, and again, uh, you know, I, I, I think I'm a ADHD, so I don't just have the short attention span, but I'm also hyper. So I'm always flying around the place trying to, trying to touch base with all my clients, and ConnectWise really keeps me grounded and, and keeps me focused as to what I need to do with, with my clients. And, and now to build off of that, using ConnectWise like we do, that way, if a client does call in, any other salesperson can open up ConnectWise, open up my client, and see every single thing that's gone on with that client. And I'm able to replicate a lot of things that I do if I'm not available to a lot of my inside staff and, and the other people that might be talking to my client. That's perfect, Jody. So you got this long, lasting relationship with uh, with your clients. Maybe tell, maybe if you if you can share a success story about you know a client of yours. Well, we don't have to name any names, but you know, client of yours or the industry that they're in, and what you did, or special things that you have done to enhance the relationship. Because again, we all know that relationships are what drive business. So, so you have a success story that you can share with us? Sure, sure. It's actually one of my largest accounts. It's in it's in the printing industry, and uh, it's been a long time account with us, uh, even before I was with the company. Uh, with uh, the location that I'm at, it was serviced out of this location. But it had always been a reactive, hey, we need this, 
and we've never and we hadn't been involved in the decision making process up to that point. Um, when I took the account over approximately three years ago, it it continued to be along those same lines as a relationship. And finally, we sat down and said, you know, <clears throat> we need to revamp this relationship. We need to 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 be more in the decision making process because we're not able to give you the best solution sets, and, and we have the resources to draw from that. We can tell you what the best solution would be, but we're not able to draw upon those because you're not bringing us in at the right time. You're bringing us in after the decision had been made, and it's too late then. And So I'm just selling you something, and I have no relationship, and you could go down the street and buy it, so you really don't need us to help you with this relationship. They were unable, uh, unwilling, I should say, at that time to, to change the relationship, and and like I said, it's, it's my largest account, and, and we sat down uh, with the executive team and decided that the relationship we had with them wasn't worth it. It was, it was very stressful. It was one of those things that costing us a lot of time that we're not able to bill out and, and just a, a, a plethora of headaches. And we walked away from the client. Basically, what you hear about firing your clients, we, we fired them and said, you know, we're, we really don't want to proceed down this path anymore with you. And we really enjoyed working with you, and hopefully in the future we can work with you. But at this time, this, this just isn't the direction we want to go. And that was painful, uh, being a salesperson, uh, working on commission. Uh, it's painful to write off your largest account and, and say, uh, well, hopefully I can fill up that gap with, uh, with new business. But uh, six months later, they had a reorganization within, the or, uh, within their company, and, and they came back to me, some of the same people I've been working with, but in different capacities, and came back to me and said, we're willing to, willing to sit down with you now and, and let's discuss the solutions before the decision is made. And, and they brought us in on the, a lot of the preliminary strategic planning for the company, and, and we were able to make a, a lot of um, informed decisions with them, helping to bring Microsoft resources and HP resources and, and a host of other resources to the table that they've never been able to bring and, and help them make much better decisions after our relationship had changed with them. And, and uh, to this day, they're back to being my largest accountant, and, and uh, they're using technologies that uh, when we started our relationship, they said they'd never use, and because of, uh, because of uh, trips that we've, we've taken them to see uh, Blade servers and, and HP NAS devices and virtual servers and through Ingram Micro Solution Centers and HP Solution Centers, uh, they uh, brought those technologies uh, on board, and, and I, I base that all on the relationship that uh, that not just myself, but HTS, whether it had been Arlen, the CEO, or or Larry Heaton, the Vice President of Sales, we all had a decent relationship with them, and and I think that really allowed us to walk away and have them almost chase us and bring us back to be uh, their solution provider again. Well, it sounds like a great story, Jordy, and it really really just drives home the point of the importance of having a strong relationship, and also being able to walk away from those relationships that are not serving any any, any longer. I mean, I, we all have them. I have my own uh, relationships as well where, you know what, they just, there was a lack of trust uh, either from my side or from the client side and, you know, wasn't serving the business well. And you have to be prepared to walk away from those uh, sometimes when they're, instead of trying to force that uh, round uh, peg into the square hole or square <laughs> hole in the round peg, whatever way you want to look at it. Um, you also mentioned, Jody, and, before I get to that, I wanted to just remind uh, the folks out there that we are taking live calls, and the number, if you have a question, is area code 646-716-8372. Again, it's 
716-803-7172. And you can uh, get online here and ask Jody or myself a question on the, on the topic at hand today. Or anything else sales-related, because I'm sure we can fit that in. Uh, given that uh, we are salespeople and we have that attention span problem that uh, we were just joking about earlier. Uh, Jody mentioned relationships and you, you, you mentioned HP and Microsoft and you mentioned er- Windwires about 10 or so minutes ago. It's all understandable and great to have that relationship with your clients. Maybe we can talk a little bit about having that relationship with your vendors and the importance of having that same strong tie with your vendors as you do with your clients. Is there anything that you can share with us there? You know, and that is as valuable as your relationship with your clients. And, and again, I, I you know, go back to my mentor, the Arlen Sorensen. He, he really understood this long before a lot of other people did. And, and uh, we have a relationship with Microsoft that I would match with any other company out there. And it all started with him just flying to Redmond, uh, I think he said once a quarter, and and trying to set meetings up with people and, and hoping that they'd sit down and talk to him for 10, 15 minutes and, and hoping that he would be able to uh, glean information of upcoming products and, and what HTS needed to do to, to get more mindshare at Microsoft. And today that relationship is, you know, he's out there almost one week out of the month, and, and I was out there one time with him. And, and you know, th- there are times when he's holding three different meetings at the same time with three different people, because his time is so valuable when they're out, when he's out there, and so many people want to meet with him, that uh, he has to replicate himself doing those sorts of things. And that relationship has gotten us quite a bit of mind share with Microsoft, and we're able to to see products. We do a lot of beta testing with them, and 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 uh, we're we're seeing technologies years before they're brought out to to the general public. And so by doing this, I can turn around and, again, strengthen my relationship with my clients, saying, look at what my engineers are doing. You know, they're flying out to Redmond. They're, they're meeting with the product developers of, of Microsoft, and we're helping, in a small way, maybe design some of the products that they're releasing. And, and we're doing that by asking you, our end client, what do you need? And so we're trying to bridge that gap between the client and, and the vendor and help them develop solutions that, are going to work with our clients. And we've done that. We've replicated that with HP. Uh, we've replicated that with SonicWall. And there are a couple other vendors out there that we have replicated that also with. And, and it's very difficult. I, I know uh, Arlen uh, gets very tired. He, he flies quite a bit. He's going to a lot of different meetings. But, again, just like I build a relationship side with the clients, he's building the relationship side with the vendor. Yeah, there's not a lot of folks out there that get that. Uh, I see it every day myself. They, they question why you're you know spending so much time with the vendors and and um, perhaps uh not sharing it with uh, other other things in in your life business life mm-hmm. but i uh, i understand that it was actually funny cuz i was doing the exact same thing nowhere near the degree that Arlen was doing of course but i would i'm the type of guy when i was in san francisco working on a project one time so, hey, you know sonicwall is only in sunnyvale it's only 40 minutes down the freeway I would get in my car and drive down to Sunnyvale to meet with our our Canadian reps. Mm-hmm. And they would say to me, you know what, you're the only partner who's ever came to see us in the Sonicwall office. What does, that, what does that do that immediately positions our company ahead of all the other Sonicwall partners in our region? And I, I struggle every day when I hear from my IT providers that that's not important. And uh, I believe, just like Arlen does and like you do, Jody, that that is 
as equally as important as having strong relationships with your clients and have strong relationships with your vendors because you know what? When the you-know-what hits the fan and you got to make that phone call and you're not getting the leverage through the regular support calls, hey, you got an extra avenue that you can uh, go after or, or escalate things through. Um, and that is very important in the business as well. So I struggle when I hear from people saying, you know, I, I just don't see the, the value in creating strong people relationships with my vendors. And, I mean, I'm, I'm like Garland. I'm out in Redmond every, uh, not as frequently, but every every couple times a month, and I'm going to uh, uh, Toronto next week, and I'm making a special trip out to Microsoft's office in Toronto to just to visit with folks. And, hey, hope I can get 10 minutes of FaceTime because that's, that's what matters. And, hey, you know what, Jody, you know it as much as I do. And you mentioned it with Arlen. Is now when he's there, he makes an announcement that he's there, and people want to meet him where they're stacking themselves up. So for those people that are self-doubting out there that don't see the value in uh, relationships up the stream, uh, like with your vendors and your suppliers, uh, if you take anything away from this webcast today, and you take one take one step to enhance the relationship with your vendors and your and your suppliers, it would be you would. I can guarantee you'll probably grow your company faster uh, having a strong relationship with vendors because you can get stuff from them. Well, not so, only that, but, but if yeah, I go ahead, sorry. Another thing, Stuart, is is building that mind share with the with the, the vendors. Uh, in our case, I could count numbers of uh, numerous times that when they get into a situation, the vendor, let's say Microsoft, and they need a solution provider to help them or to help a client, well, they know exactly what we do. And they know where we're at, and they know how to reach us. Uh, there are numbers of times we're having Microsoft call here and say, uh, "Can you help us out with this?" And uh, you know, we we've gotten a lot of new clients doing that. Just just again owning that mindshare at Microsoft, knowing that if you're in Iowa, uh, really the go-to partner there is is HTS. And no matter where you're at in the state, uh, give them a call, and they'll be able to help you out with almost anything. That's uh, and that's my mindset as well as uh, exactly that when it comes to uh, partners in the in the western part of of Canada, Microsoft, Sonarqual, they all know where who the go-to partner in our region is as well. So it's uh, it's very important to create that uh, relationship. One other thing, Jody, you know, talk about relationships, and it just kind of hit me is I just saw a thing in my Outlook come up for tomorrow is relationships with the media. Do you have any that you can share with us? Most of our our markets that we service, media is not um, not a not a not a priority for us. Now, as in doing you know radio talk shows or or television or standard newspaper articles, one of the things we do try and do is is get very ingrained with the chambers, and uh, we do a lot of PR work that way, and and our name does get out there, but. Specifically, working with media type, media sources, um, we did hire our, um, a marketing salesperson here out of our Ames location that comes to us from the radio world, and I can see maybe that being an avenue that we start exploring more, especially as we continue to grow into larger metro areas where the footprint of of media would help you gain mind share with with clients. But up to this point, we haven't done a lot with that. You know, because we, um, unlike your guy, unlike unlike yourself, we do a lot with the media, and it's it's great because now we're the go again we're the go to partner for any Microsoft uh, media type stuff, and I'm doing a media event next week, and it's it's just another way of getting your name out there. 
Uh, Jordan, we, have would, a, we have a few. Sorry, go ahead. You were going to say something? I, I would give you one other relationship that, uh, again, uh, the Arlen has started working on it, and uh, we're getting a lot of, uh, of growth out of it, is we've discussed the vendors and, and the clients. Another relationship that we're working now are, are LARs, or licensing, or large account um, um, resellers out there that will deliver your enterprise agreements for Microsoft or your campus agreements or, or sell the software, but a lot of them don't have engineers or, or consultants that will go out and really sit down with the end user or the client. And we're starting to build relationships throughout our market areas with the LARs that are very uh, active there and really sitting down even up to I have one of our uh, account uh, managers that sits down with, with the local LAR almost on a weekly basis and they develop goals and game plans as to what they're going to be doing together and how we can help each other out. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a great way to look at it too. Is, I mean, it come, when it comes down to it, you've got to create relationships across the whole spectrum of Everywhere where you touch, if it's clients, uh, vendors, media, other business uh, associates, it's very important to have a relationship across the whole whole base of your business. And as I say sometimes to my engineers, you know what? It's more than just the technology. The technology is important, but you cannot sell a technology solution without having that firm relationship with the people that you're doing business with. Mm-hmm. And it really comes down to your people-based selling, and this is what the whole yeah, show is about today. Exactly. Is the art of people-based selling. So, Jody, we have a few minutes left here. Uh, in in wrapping things up, you know, if we were going to take a few things away, uh, you know, the tips from Jody type now, what would they be? What what could we take? How our listeners take away with them today? I think really, you know, putting yourself out there, and and you know, with if you're looking at with the client making sure you're sitting on the same side of the table as them and and use the tools like you were saying, Stuart, you're going to send out the the tools that are out there to help you understand where they're at and and kind of open yourself up to your client and say, you know, we're a small business too. I understand the problems or the concerns that you guys go through. We go through them also and here's, you know, budgets and making sure everybody gets paid. We we see the same thing and and kind of opening yourself up to them and, and along the same lines, opening yourself up to your vendors and saying, you know, one of the great things that Arlen does is he sits down with our vendors and says, how do you guys get paid and how can we help you get more money? And by opening ourselves up and, and asking them that question, they open themselves up and they say, okay, here's how I'm, I'm reimbursed or how I make my commissions and here's how you can help me. And, you know, it's, it's always, it, it hasn't always been that easy to work with on both sides of the coin, but um, one of the things Arlen's taught me is, you know, you open yourself up and you treat others as you want to be treated. And, and really, in the end of the day, you know, yes, maybe someone will take advantage of you every once in a while, but that's a very small percentage of times. And what you gain out of that uh, with all the great relationships, because a lot of my clients aren't just clients, but they're my friends. And like you and I said, you know, I go golfing with them. We go out for lunch and dinner. And, you know, it, it's, it's, I, I take it a step beyond just the client uh, salesperson relationship because it, when they succeed, I succeed, and and uh, and build our relationships off of that. That's perfect, Jody. Now I just understand if, for those people that are listening, if they're having trouble getting to the website, uh, smallbusinessitradio.com, there is uh, some DNS problems with one of our providers in in town here, so there may be some issues there getting to that website. But just uh, keep trying. 
and uh, you'll get through eventually. Um, Jody, if we had somebody uh, listening to the show here via the uh, download from iTunes, had any questions uh, for you after the fact, uh, how can we reach out to you? What's the best way? Do you, would you, are you open to having people contact you? Oh, certainly. Um, probably the best way would be email, and uh, simply because then you can respond. Uh, you know, it could be 2 a.m. in the morning, and I can respond. Um, that my email address is jhicks, H-I-C-K-S, at heartlandtechnologies.com. And feel free and to also, contact And also, if you have some issues getting through to Jody that way, you can also email us uh, through, the sh- uh, through the show here off our website, and we'll make sure those uh, questions get uh, fired over to Jody. And again, uh, go to the website, go to smallbusinessitradio.com, sign up today for our alerts and announcements, and we'll make sure we get uh, the top five tips for people based selling to you uh, in an email, and you can take those and use them as reference to start building up uh, your successful people-based selling practice. And hopefully, at the end of the day, winning more opportunities, winning more business, because you took the time to build those relationships with your client base. Jody, I want to thank you today for coming on SmallBusinessITradio.com or SmallBusinessITradio um, and sharing your insight um, on how you do things in the market. Uh, if you inspire anybody else that inspired me, it's, um, it's going to be truly wonderful. Well, I appreciate I appreciate the offer and the time, Stuart. And thank you uh, very much. And just a quick reminder to everybody uh, listening, we're going to actually have another show tomorrow, uh, and we're going to be having uh, Liz Bierman from uh, the KLA Group. They're out of Denver, Colorado, and we're going to talk about 10 ways to get more leads for your business. I met uh, Liz in Vegas in early August at the CompTIA conference, and Liz uh, put a presentation on there, and that's where this whole uh, webcast kind of spun from. So that'll be tomorrow. I think it's at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, here on blogtalkradio.com, and the smallbusinessitradio.com website will have a link to it. You can go there and uh, check things out. This is Stuart Crawford in Calgary, Alberta, with Small Business IT Radio, uh, thanking you for taking time out of your morning to listen to us live or downloading us via the, the webcast. If you have any questions for us, my direct line is area code 403-710-4357. You can also email me at Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, at StuartCrawford.com, and we'll uh, get through to you. Uh, Jody, I know you're still listening there. A little little plug for our, uh, our Peer Power book. Uh, we've uh, got a, a special on the, um, the Peer Power book. Uh, if you want to get great tips like Jody and I were talking about, plus another bunch of great tips from 26 of our peers at the HTG peer groups, if you go to, uh, I have a, li- a link on my website at doyouhabitbook.com, doyouhabitbook.com, just like it, it sounds. Uh, you can click on it, you can purchase it online, and uh, as an extra bonus for you buying the book, I'm going to throw in a copy of my book called Do You Have It, which is three to four years of stories and, and experiences that I learned in business for myself. So you can grab that uh, at the doyouhaveitbook.com website. Again, if you go to smallbusinessitradio.com, there's a link to it there so you don't have to try to remember all these URLs. So we'll look forward to uh, hearing or talking to you tomorrow. Uh, for uh, Small Business IT Radio, this is Stuart Crawford coming to you from Calgary, Alberta. Signing off for today. Have a great and successful uh, day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.